Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Ishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part sit down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Damali Smith Tolson is the Director of Student Life at Baruch College, where she is responsible for developing and enhancing a supportive and nurturing environment for undergraduate and graduate student populations. As a higher education administrator, she has dedicated over 18 years to creating a valuable institutional experience for both alumni and students. Her ultimate desire is to assist students in learning how to be good citizens of their respective communities while obtaining their personal goals. Damali is committed to a holistic approach to life and as such is a certified trainer with the National Academy of Sports Medicine with specializations that include nutrition and corrective exercises. She is also a Gallup certified strengths trainer and trains over 500 students, administrators, and clients a year. She routinely engages in domestic and international community service initiatives and is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Damali obtained an MA in higher education and student personnel from New York University and a BA in business administration from Boston University. What's up, Fab Crew? We are back for another jam-packed episode. Y'all, I know you are still kind of snatching your edges from our last couple of episodes, and this conversation is no different. So if you know anything about me, y'all know that I'm all the way a nerd, and I love behavioral tests. And so, I mean, I'm talking about 16 personalities. I'm talking about the Enneagram. I'm talking about DISC. I'm talking about, there's a whole bunch of them. I forgot, you know, look, I'll shake the tea leaves if you let me. But the when I had to get into the nitty gritty of my absolute favorite, Strength Finder, I had to call up my friend, my ride or die and certified Gallup Strength Finder coach, Damali, and say, get on the phone with me, girl, because we got to talk about this hair uh, strength test. So, Damali, thank you so much for picking up the phone when I call. Well, first of all, I'm still stuck on the snatching edges part. (laughs) You know, I am not coming for anybody's edges. During the session, they're ready we're about though. to have everybody's emotional edges flourishing, right? Yes, and come so on. I think that is the problem: <laughs> is we take all these personality and assessment tests, and all it ever does is make us feel worse about ourselves. Like, what do we have to fix? Oh my god! What gosh. do I need to work on? What are my deficits? Why? 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 
why am I like this? And oh how my can I not be like this? And I think that's the difference between strength. Strength is like that miracle edge oil, right? Yes. Where things just start growing back and start developing. Strength is about the things about you that are amazing. The things about the way you move, the things about the way you see the world, the way that you show up in the world. Ooh, strength how is that can you boom. do more? Yeah, it's like, how can I be more of me instead of how can I make me smaller and fix parts? How can I make me bigger and enhance parts? Woo! Strengths so, is the 90s yeah. R&B love that I'm still waiting for, Demise. I just want you to know. You that, know is, that, that, that strength is really that boo that I'm like... Strength, the 90s R&B love, or is it that trap music beat that gets in your soul? <gasps> I think, I don't know, because you know, know. 90s R&B love will have you in a space sometimes, making you feel like, baby baby girl, I got to do better, I got to be better, but that trap music is like, me as I am, like, as raggedy as I am, or as amazing as I am. Trap music is the original altar call, let me just tell you, it's the remix altar call, come as you are, It's like, hey, come as you are, (laughs) you know, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. I think what I try to teach people is not that it's a strength, it's an assessment. It's that it's a way of thinking and approaching yourself, Mm. right? Um, Like when I do large group sessions, one of my favorite questions is how many people have made resolutions or how many people have made plans and how many of those resolutions are about this is the thing that I'm terrible at. Let me get better at it. Or this is the thing that I'm mediocre at. Like I want to be, like I want to be better. It's always about, I want to be better. But very rarely do we say, you know what? I really have a knack and a talent and I really flourish in this area and it makes me feel good. Let me invest in that. Like my downfalls are my downfalls and it's good to know them and acknowledge them. But why live in them and invest in them? Like it's just, it's just a different way of approaching the world. Now, full disclosure, I work in higher ed and student affairs people <laughs> love, love, love a good assessment. Listen, listen, like, you know, I did a brief stint. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about this, a tiny, just a, a, just a tiny little stint right after grad school in student affairs. And I was like, you know, maybe this life is not for me. Because y'all yeah. do love an assessment. Y'all love a tool, a gathering, or a, 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 an unpacking. We do. So I will say, I'm not sure I'm even considered the typical student affairs people. Like, I go to conferences, and I question myself all the time. I'm like, are these my people? Because I don't think these are my people. But you know who are my people? <laughs> students. Students are my people. So you know, I got to roll with it. I got to roll with it to make the world better for them. But I remember I worked at an institution that shall remain nameless and they <laughs> wore me out. Like I never felt way. I never felt comfortable. My otherness was like it was always a thing. I felt I remember that song from Sesame Street, which one of these kids is doing their own thing. I felt like I was doing my own thing every day. Like I was never on the same page with anyone else. And so full not meltdown, but Boss asked me how I was one day, told her if I had to come back to work, my soul was going to die. So I took a year off. I traveled the world doing community service. I went, I learned how to, 
surf in Central America. Like I had. Wait a minute! I remember that fun. time you had big fun. You had your I pray did. love moment. I a, a I lot did. of us don't get a chance to have that, but you. I feel like you, even though your your undoing was coming, yeah. you set yourself up. You know. Yeah, God was like, "You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get this year." I just asked for literally a year, mm-hmm. and so I was applying for jobs here and there. I became a personal trainer. I got a training certification. I did all the things my heart desired in that year. And, you know, it was nothing but the grace of God that I worked so hard. I had saved up enough money because I was never going out and enjoying life. I had saved enough money to live. And so I would interview for jobs here and there. And I remember going into my current institution and interviewing. And the thing that sold me was, the walls were purple, orange, blue, every shade of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. I previously had come from an institution where everything was mahogany, stately, old wood, very, very, very just old, dead white men. And when I came into the space and saw all the vibrant color and the student bodies laying everywhere, I felt like this was my place. And I, li- I started that job a year to the day as when I was off payroll from the prior job. So I got my 365 days and I walk in and I'm setting up my little desk, feeling fresh and cute. And they, my boss comes in and says, Oh, so we make everyone on the team take this assessment. And I rolled my eyes so hard to the back of my head. I was like, here we go. I'm back in it. The first thing they're going to have me do is take a personality assessment. Like, can I even sit down in my seat long enough? So I took the strength finders assessment. And at that time, I had never really heard about strength. Mm. I took the assessment and I'm going through it and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading. And I'm like, what kind of foolishness is this? No. They keep asking me the same. (laughs) No, I did not like it. Oh, I love that darn thing. (laughs) Same questions over and over again. And there's a timer. And I was like, they got me taking emotional SATs the first day. Like, I just was not into it. But I was like, I I took the job. I don't know what they do. Working with undergrads is new for me. Let's see how this goes. And I got my results and I was upset. I was upset and offended. And I was like, you don't know my life. Because I believe the stories other people wrote about me. Mm, mm, And mm, so... When I read that my first strength was connectedness, I was like, what kind of hippy-dippy foolishness is this? Listen, we I don't even like people, yoga. Okay, I don't like the way patchouli even smells. Like, this <laughs> sounds like... You're not burning incense? No, I was like, that's <laughs> not who I am. Like, I could roll with my number two strategic, and I'm a learner. And I was into the other one, but the connectedness just did not sit well with me. Mm-mm-mm. And... You know, I took the assessment and no one really explained it. I read the results. And as I was reading the results, I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely me. Oh, wow. So you saw the words and you were like, no. Yeah. So that is the like the I will say the most common reaction is when people read that first report. It gives them a language that explains things about themselves that they've never had the language to explain before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. So I got behind four out of five, but not the number one. And it wasn't until my boss brought someone in to do an all day retreat for us that I was like, oh, 
Oh, this is how my connectedness shows up. And not only do I need to stop denying it, I need to embrace it because it really, 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 it's me at my core. Yeah. So I have a habit of when I have really tough decisions to make, I have a pros list, a cons list. Oh, yeah. I have it all mapped up. I have all the decisions. I do everything. And then when it comes time to make the decision, I blurt out something completely different than I was expecting to. Despite having mapped it all out, I blurted out, I always blurt out something and it's always on instinct. And that Uh drove me crazy about myself. And I realized it's my connectedness. My strategic is the thing that allows me to map out all the routes, but my connectedness is my decision maker because the decision doesn't always make sense to me in the moment. But I have to trust that I see the big picture and I put the big picture together in ways that other people don't. And it has yet to fail me. I love when that. I like the more I practiced it and the more that I recognized I was using it in different ways is the more comfortable I got. And now I'm like, I don't know why I made that decision, but we all go find out. Right. And even right, my right. team like, at I'm work. Trust that. <laughs> yeah. My team at work is like, well, she doesn't know right now, but it probably will make sense. And the, like, they have even learned to trust my connectedness and me saying, I don't know why I chose that. But I'm, I'm, I feel it. It's the right decision. And then things will become clear and things play out. And it's I got it. Like, I, I can see the big picture. And I know if I pick this thing that it's going to impact these 17 things down the road. And now I really, really trust it. And in turn, I trust myself. Which I love. Okay, so before we go any further, Damala, we got to break down mm-hmm. for people. What exactly what just, is. what strengths is, and then what your top five are. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about, I tell the people, the Fab Crew knows all my business. So I'll tell my five, and let's kind of dig into how we like get into using it day to day. Because I know folks are like, ooh, this is interesting. Also, what is it? Yeah. So, Donald Clifton, who is known as the father of positive psychology, was also the Clifton family-owned Gallup. And Gallup is most well-known for their political polls. Like the Gallup poll said this candidate is ahead. They're basically a data mining warehouse, right? Like they have all this intense data and they do surveys and they assess it and they analyze it. Well, they used to do an employee engagement survey. And after studying the employee engagement survey, they realized, that people fall into these 34 buckets and these 34 buckets are considered your themes, which with practice become your strengths. So we have all 34, they all just show up in a different order. Mm-hmm. And so I like to work in what I consider the dominant themes, which are your top 10 to 12. There's your middle themes and then there's your lower end themes. And I like people to really, really work in their dominant themes. And so your top five are the ones that you are using the most. They're the ones who make you who you are. They're the ones, they're the way that you view the world. They're the ones that impact all that you do in probably ways that you don't even recognize. And so people always ask me, well, if I took my friends at 22, when I'm 42, do I need to retake them? No. No. Your strengths can, your top, your dominant strengths can move around in order depending on the environment that you're in, the skills that are called upon for the job or the relationship or 
the situation that you're in. So your number six could move up to your number two, your number seven could we move up to your that. number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your number 32 will it's never be your be number two. But you know, Damali, there are folks who will say, go on ahead and take that again. And I'm like, no. No, don't take it. Because the thing is, the next time you take it, you're going to think, well, I really wanted to get achiever. I really wanted to get learner, which is, you know, different. So if I answer the question this way, so you start trying to game the system. And Gallup has put things in place that should help you not be able to game the system, but you're taking the test less honestly. Mm-hmm. right? Because now you think you understand it, you think you get it, and you have biases, so you're taking the test less honestly. So when I first took it, I was offended that I did not have Achiever in my top five. <laughs> I still don't I have like, Achiever in my top five. Wait like a minute. To, right. I was like, I like to get stuff done. I love me a little. Yes, you I do. love to check things off. I like a to get goal. it done. So when I took my training, Achiever was number seven. I felt vindicated and relieved. The thing that I did not expect was my number six was maximizer. And that has become my favorite strength on the entire face of this world. Because I use, well, you know what? I like to say people have accused me of, um, being the captain of Team Do The Most. Oh, yes. I am a, a faithful co-captain, as you know, Kashana middle name, Do The Most, Palmer. And that's uh, why we get along, we because get along. like we have no boundaries with doing the most. The most. They're like, you know you should the, add more on that, right? Like, that needs more. Yes. No, go harder. What are you talking yes. about? When I realized I had Maximizer, I was like, I don't do the most. <laughs> I have Maximizer. That's that's my purpose on earth is to do the most. <laughs> so maximizer freed me because you know you you listen to the things people say about you and it's yes. like, well, oh, it was fine. So why do you have to add this? Why do you... so maximizers like to take things to the next level? They always like to outdo what they did last time. And Absolutely. maximizers can actually be exhausting if not used if not used properly. Um, but I love last time we got twelve hundred students at this event. Boom, we're going for 1500 Last That's me. Time, That's me. I was planning bear today. Bearcat, boot camp. See? Yep. Bearcat, you just are always like, I can do better. I can take it to the next level. Do better. And so when other people are frustrated because I never seem satisfied, it's not that. In my head, there's just always so much potential to be realized. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm going to do the most. And a Soror one day who I'm pretty sure if I gave her strength, Maximizer would be in her top five, said, but who wakes up to do the least? Right. Like who wakes up her. and decides today I'm, I'm going to just dial it in. Least. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, now with quarantine, there's some days where I was like, okay, the <laughs> least is what they're going to get. <laughs> the least is actually your most. I feel like the, if you least woke up on, the least is your most. So you're still doing the most <laughs> that day. I'm still doing the most, but the most on Tuesday might look like very, very different than the most on Thursday. Exactly. These days. But yeah, it freed me from other people's judgment and allowed me to really just live in my strength. And that was, I think that's the gift that I train about 500 students a year in strength and I do other trainings and I feel like I'm giving the gift of the 500 people, the gift of living in their strength. And the more that you can live in your strengths, the more than you can, you said something a little, a little bit ago about, 
really relying on and actually acting on the stories that other people tell you. And that narrative mm-hmm. is heavy, is it not? And so strengths from that perspective gives you the ability to start to rewrite that story, like to pick up the pen as opposed to putting on the headphones, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, we do these things where we look at theme cards and some of the things that we look at are called barrier labels. And that's the way other people view you. So I like to tell people strengths are super judgy. They are the way that you see the world. So if someone doesn't have the same strengths that you do, they just see the world very differently, but because you can't relate, you think it's wrong, right? So I have a team made up of people with completely different strengths. And because we do strength work very, very often, um, when we were on campus, we used to actually do it once a month. And, you know, we know all our 34. I gifted them with 34 after two years of doing serious strength work because by then I was 100% sure they could care less what number 34 was. And if you ask them, they remember number 34 and they can't quite remember number 32. They can't quite remember number 33, (laughs) but they remember one through 10. They know they're one through 10 because that's what they're invested in. But, you know, there are people I know who will drive me crazy Um, because I see the world very differently from them, but I value how they see the world. So there are people I call on to work with me on things. I know you're going to drive me crazy and I know you'll probably offend me and you'll probably offend this particular strength, but that strength needs to be offended to make sure that we really get the right product and we really get all the voices and all the perspectives in here. And uh, so I love the way that you put that together though, real quick, because when you talk about offending your strengths to me like bring us Mm -hmm. into the the office communication and the friction that happens on teams where strengths actually can kind of help to um put communication in a different type of context for folks to be able to move through Mm -hmm. things because you know a lot of times friction is you know i don't want i can't talk to her you know I, i can't be on a team with them i can't do so when you talk about your strength offending somebody else's strength um, it feels like it pulled up from being personal, but it fu- it pulled up to being solvable. So why do you position it that way? Because when you're talking about strengths, it's almost like you're talking about a third party, even though it's mm. the person's strength. Talking about someone's restorative and deliberative versus that person by name doesn't feel like a personal attack. So deliberative and restorative are two strengths that I struggle with because I, they're the strengths that are the risk management problem fixers, right? They want to fix the problems before they jump in. So a lot of people see people who, especially people who have deliberative as the naysayers in the group, everyone will be excited. You're in a group project and everyone's Mm -hmm, excited. mm -hmm. And then one person is like, but what about this? What about this? What about that? And it just seems like they're always being negative. It's not that they're being negative. Deliberative people look at the project, see that it's a good idea. They see the issues and they want to address the issues up front so that it doesn't take away from the project when you're in the middle of it. Because they want the project to be successful. (laughs) They want the project to be successful and they can see it, right? Like they can Mm -hmm. put it together and like, well, if we do it this week instead of that week, it won't be as good because of this. And so they can work out, like sometimes like I have to be in the middle of it and it has to be falling apart. And I'm good at fixing it in the moment, but there are other people who are good at seeing it. So we don't have to get to the point of fixing it in the moment. Right. So I will be super, super excited about something and I'll be in 
team meetings and people are like, are you on board? And I say, I'm on board. And the person with my team who has deliberative, she shakes her head because now we have our own language. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. but so-and-so is telling me I'm not on board. So we have to discuss it and get back to you. And you know, we'll talk with you like, it's a great idea, but if you do it now, your team is going to die. Like no one's going to enjoy it because we're so swamped. And with a few tweaks, we can either, whether it's the timing or the resources allocated, we can get the product that we, we, we wanted without running into the chaos. So I know this person's going to like mellow my high. It's going to take me down a few <laughs> notches, you know, my initial excitement. But this person has also learned to let me live, right? <laughs> this person has also learned to let me live a little bit and enjoy the joy of the moment before she pulls me back in. I love that so much. I'm like, somebody always trying to steal my high. I feel like that sometimes. I'll be, is. Like, I'll be in project meetings and I'll be like, you always trying to take my fun. Mm-hmm. I was in no, because I have positivity. Mm-mm, oh, you ahead. have positivity? No, that's... I was in a meeting recently and I was, you know, we're thinking big. How do we want this to look this year? What do we want to achieve? And I was like, all right. How do we bring the sexy back into what we're doing? And how do we, and I could just see some of the team members on that call, their eyes were glazing over. One of them, their body language changed and they sat back mm-hmm. and I stopped and I said, okay, y'all, first of all, you know, I'm a verbal processor. So... Um, my heels are not dug in on any of these ideas. I'm just literally thinking out loud. And I said, and the second thing is, why your whole body language changed? And one of the team members was like, because I just immediately started thinking about all of the steps I needed to take to make that happen. And I was very sad. <laughs> and I was like, and what are those person's strengths? That person probably has something in the executing or the strategic thinking absolutely. where they're like analytical or, you know, they're strategic. So they're, you're looking, because you have futuristic. Yes, so you're a walking vision board. You could care, and you have activators. So you like to get the party started and leave, right? You're like, let's get this party started. <laughs> I'm out. Like, you're the friend in the Uber, and you didn't say bye to anybody. I, I and am. so I you're not there yes. left to pick up the pieces. And they know this about you. You're not the one. You're this is not your thing. It's not your jam, right? That's not your strength. You're, you are the one, like, this is where we're going. We're going to have big fun when we get there, but you're not the one who's going to have the little step. And that's why you have those people on your team because they can say to you, this is the vision. These are the steps. Are the steps worth it to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that but sometimes the steps aren't worth it. And then you have to take a step back and go, okay, what's going on mm-hmm. here? So, you know, you mentioned that I have activated, which is true. Anybody knows me. They, people are always like, so there's one more thing. So there's one more thing. But yes, because my number 10 is Maximizer. And so mm-hmm. I think during this pandemic and, you know, you and I talked about this recently, thinking about like wh- your strength. And you mentioned to, at the beginning that your strength can move up and they can move down because we're dynamic. Right. And that's what I love about thinking about this from a place of opportunity and elevation and not from a place of deficit because it's dynamic mm-hmm. and can move. So my, I, I, if I had to put money on it, my maximizer has probably moved up to the top five. Easy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Always thinking about like, okay, how can you get all of the transformational things into something fantastical? Um, you know, and happening. you know, what's funny is from one fellow maximizer to another, I had a meeting with team members and we do um, a retreat for students and they can't go this year because, uh, you know, we can't go camping. Yes. Am I really sad? Because they're really the only times that I am sleeping in the, 
Who wants to sleep in a cabin with Who their coworkers? Sleep in the cabin with your coworkers and and inconsistent. Who want to walk water? outside to the bathroom? Right, you know, like not, not I, me. that's not the life. I that's not that's not my calling. You know, that's I'm here for the you ministry. know I'm here for for glamping as you, but as you already seeing, know. Right, so seeing but seeing <laughs> students who have never been outside the city canoe and you know, do rope courses and sit by a fire pit. And that, that brings me joy, not the actual camping part, but they can't go this year. And so we were talking about sending them stuff. And everyone's like, let's send them their T-shirts and their um, journals. And I said, oh, so that's not what we're going to do. Because I, I participated in a conference last summer and they got the dopest conference box. Ooh, ooh, and I said, we are not spent, I don't know, it might have been the rooted retreat. Hey. And so I said, what we're going to do is we're not spending $30,000 on a camp for 100 kids for the weekend. We can send them something good. And girl, wait till I show you the mock-up. Because we have now called it a field trip. They're getting the old school lunchbox yes. with popcorn for movie night. Like, you know we have I worked it, it out. And so, you know, your maximizer inspired my maximizer, which then inspired my team. And then there are people on the team who said, well, let's look at the budget. Like, what is the budget? Let's figure it out. And the, the people who can get into the nitty gritty, but they got on board. And so, you know, it all worked out well because, like, what about the postage? And I'm like, the postage? I'm like, don't talk to, postage. I, that happened to me in a meeting recently. I was like, hey. Uh, don't talk to me about this this budget. I don't know. I'm just letting you know. This yeah, needs to be done. Yeah. Y'all figure it out. Let me know. Um, but and- they let me live. They let me live. They never let me live because of the budget. But this year we could afford <laughs> it. So they will. And they got on board. Some things they vetoed. And we came. But they got into where I was going with it. About providing an experience for students. Who so much has been stolen from them this yeah, year. so much. We got to do something. Them. So much. You know, so... Your maximizer inspired my maximizer. Mm. And because of you, the babies are going to have Amazing. a fantastic retreat. It might not be as great as the in-person, but at least I'm not pretending. And I'm not, I'm giving them the best that I, I can them the best give you them. Oh, that's the song. Giving you the best that you know? I got. Yes, come I on. know. But, okay, so Damali, I have a question because you and I are talking. We are believers. We are in the choir. We are singing the tune. There are so many mm-hmm. listeners who are like, my organization, my company, my team has had us take thumb fill in the blank test. People got excited for about five minutes and then it got shoved in a desk and I never saw it again. And I don't know so, how to use it. Like, so what is that about? Like, why? Like, what makes teams, what makes, what's the difference between teams that end up using it and whether it's strength finder or any tool and teams that sort of just shove it in a drawer. I think it's the commitment to it, right? Because I didn't use it at first when all I had read was the report. Okay. No one explained it to me. No one broke it down to me. No one helped me get comfortable with it. So I work in room of non-believers all the time. And I could care less because I said, you know, you give me a 90 minutes, you're going to be a believer. That's it. That's it. And I have worked with some tough faculty members, like tough, because my thing is I want students and faculty to be able to have the same language. So I do a lot of trainings for departments. And there's someone super high in the faculty who thought when we, when I did my interview, like shamed me and scoffed. And at the end, he called and said, well, do you do this for couples? 
I do do strength for couples because it's coming up more and more, at least work couples. Um, <laughs> because that is a real thing. Since quarantine, it is a real thing, the work relationship. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. This episode is brought to you by Bloomerang, the donor database trusted by tens of thousands of fundraisers. For donor management, email marketing, online giving, and more, Bloomerang has you covered. Listeners of the Let's Take This Offline podcast get 10% off their first year of Bloomerang. Just visit bloomerang.co forward slash Kishana. And y'all, one of the reasons that I love Bloomerang so much is beyond helping fundraisers enhance their donor relationships, Bloomerang is committed to elevating the voices of Black, Indigenous, and people of color nonprofit professionals. To learn more about contributing to Bloomerang's blog, visit Bloomerang, that's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G dot C-O forward slash blog forward slash write. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to Let's Take This Offline. I always use Michael Jordan as an example. Mm-hmm. Baseball, probably mid-strength to lower strength. Basketball, top five, top five team, right? Possibly mm-hmm. number one. Possibly he had one. to invest and put the work in to become Michael Jordan. It's the talent and the work and the talent and the investment. So I always say, why worry about what you're not good at? It's like Michael Jordan becoming an adequate baseball player as opposed to investing in becoming a really like the phenomenal basketball player he is. Mm -hmm. And so you have to put the work in. It wasn't until I had a very, I inherited not the best team dynamic and I made them. We repeatedly every month for half a day did our strength work, did our team bonding work. Just, we just did the work. We did the work. We did the work. And now we're in a place where we legitimately miss each other and we stand up for each other. And, mm-hmm. and you know, when people are in meetings and it's, we know that they're triggering someone else's strength or offending someone else's strength, someone else can just jump in and use the right language. Absolutely. When we were on campus, we have, there's what you call when your strengths are in the balconies and basements. The balcony is when everything is jamming, your hair is looking good, your skin is glowing, like you are just like ebony goddess, right? Come on. on. That is when your strengths are in the balcony. When you feel like an utter fail at life, like you failed at waking up, that's when your strengths are in the basement. When you're tired, when you're exhausted, you're just not using them effectively. You're not, you're just not, you're not doing anything well at all. There are one or two of your strengths that show up when you're in this space. And for me, it's maximizing input. So that looks like 
me being on Amazon trying to find giveaway for students and worrying about a two cents or three cents difference and wasting precious time. Like my salary is worth more than that. Why am I worried about this? But I just get so caught up in just getting the best, the best, the best, the best, the best result, the best. That is my maximizer, my input gone crazy. And that is what shows up when I'm tired and when I'm exhausted and my team knows this. So this is when they tell me I'm not allowed to talk to students and they lock me in my office. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're like, mm, you're maximized and your input have gone crazy. The students are always down for a ride into the crazy. So you can't talk to them. <laughs> you can't bring them with you. And I know to cancel my meetings and take a step back. That's how it is with a colleague who has positivity. The building will be on fire and she'll be like, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. And that's when we ask her, are one of her kids sick? Did something she sleep last night? Did she have a tough commute? Is something going on with her family? Because we know her positivity is not working effectively and that's her tell. So we've done enough work to know how to care for each other based on how our strengths are operating. So they know that I need time to step away because I'm overwhelmed or my maximizer and input is going crazy. We know that something's not right with her. There's another person, they're deliberative in their responsibility in the toilet when they are not in a good place. And so we know what, we just know what to look out for so we can take care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you don't even know that you're stressed until you see these things spiraling and you're like, okay, something's going on with me. So it's also a way to check in with yourself. Um, I just think strength can just show up. It's who you are when you're at work. It's who you are when you're with your family. It's who you are when you're with your friends. Like your strengths at work don't change. When you come they don't, home. because you don't change when you come home. And I think that's the thing you that don't. people get it twisted about work. And also it's a, depending on your generation, it's an attitude about work. Like you can be away at work. And for some of us, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a survival, literally, uh, you know, it's a rusted tool in our toolkit yeah. that the way you are at work and the way you are at home have to be so markedly different. So that made me think to Molly, like, oh, wait a minute. That means sometimes your strengths might be out of whack. Because your circuits are getting short, short-circuited because you have to switch right. on, switch off, switch on, switch off. But you really carry them everywhere you go. So you might right. even be... And I don't, use, I don't use my arranger a lot at work because I have a very strong arranger on the team. Mm-hmm. So unless I just want to get in the weeds with her, I don't. But when I come home, I'm a ranger extraordinaire. <laughs> it's still one of my dominant strengths. But I'm in here. Like, what are we going to eat? How are we going to move our time? Like, what are we? Like, I need to. Like, you know, I need to schedule us. Mm-hmm. And you know, this for the listeners out there. I mean, my husband takes friends very early in our relationship, very, very early. And when we were dating, and three of his top strengths are in my bottom five, and so, that wow. actually made me chill out a whole lot because there was a lot of time I thought he was just trolling me. <laughs> you were like, Why? I really thought he was being petty. I thought he was coming for me because he knew certain things drove me. And the minute I was like, oh, <laughs> he got context. <laughs> we like, both have oh. relator. He's got deliberative. I was like, no, this is just who he is. And I just released all of that. I was like, this ain't about me. I just can adjust to him because I know, I know what it's like to work with this type of person. And we balance each other really, really well. Like his number one is my number 34. So how did you 
introduce that because that's wild. First of all, that's wild because that's literally the definition of yin and yang. So how did mm-hmm. how did you know to introduce that into the conversation when y'all were dating? Like, just hip us to the game of how you were able to slide up and say, "Hey, boo, fine young thing," you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my little mister. Your little no, mister. <laughs> I just was like, "Hey, we do this thing with the students. I'm really curious to know." And he didn't want to take it at first. He was like, "What is this?" Because you know. I swear, he's very cautious, and I'm not. That's, like, just the differences, right? He's got deliberative. I don't even know what number deliberative is, but I know it ain't in the top. <laughs> and it's just it's just the way he processes things. So I introduce ideas to him, and then I come back later after he's had time to ponder it. And then I kind of, you know, like, he needs time to think about it. So I, I've learned not to spring things on him because it does not work for people with deliberative. Like, they need time to process. And so... I gave him time to process it and I made it not a big deal because it wasn't. And so he took it. And when he took it, I just laughed because I am the person who's just going to, I can look at it as like we're at the pool. I'm the person who's going to jump in the pool without checking if there's water in there. I'm just going to dive mm-hmm. in head first. And if I bust my head open, I'm sure I'm going to be alive and I'll figure it out right. later. Like, I'll right? figure it out. I'll figure it out. Somebody will help. I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. He's the type of person who's like, we're not going to get in that pool until we check the chlorine temperature, the lifeguard's drown history, <laughs> like the insurance policy. And so he's so busy checking that he may never jump in the pool and swim. Between the two of us, we'll get in the pool safely and have a good time. And so, so we really do. So he learns to just go along with the flow sometimes. And then he knows when to pull me back and slow down. And so between the two of us, we get there and we get there safely and we have fun because he's taking care of all the things that could possibly go wrong. And I'm taking care of the bright idea and getting us there. But I feel like that took you really kind of understanding yourself, being open to growing, but really mm-hmm. digging into your strengths and just really understanding just like we understand our cycle, just understanding the cycle mm-hmm. of how you operate. But how Molly, you work and how you operate, yeah. Some of us live in the basement of our strengths all the time. What do you think that is about? Like, why Why is it so tough for some of us to get out of our own strengths way? So we I can think be in glory. You're not, you're not even acknowledging your strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... If you're in the basement, nobody puts themselves in a dark, damp place for a reason, right? Like, no one's just like, oh, let me go go sit in the basement. Like, no one ever does that. (laughs) It's either you're in an environment or in a relationship where you feel wrong. Mm. And so I remember when I was working at my previous institutions, I always, like I said, I always felt other and wrong because there would be a conversation and seven people would see things the same way. And I'm like, that's not what I got out of this entire conversation. Aren't you guys seeing what I'm seeing? Right. right. And I felt, I felt, I just felt wrong. Like I felt like I was slow and I was ready to put myself on the bus. Cause I, I'm clearly, I'm missing clearly, something. You're like, missing if I out. had known, right. If I had known about strengths, then I would have said, Oh no, I just see it from a different perspective. Like they see it one way, but that doesn't mean what they see is wrong. I just see a different perspective. And this is why my perspective is valuable. So I would have spoken up in a different way because I wouldn't have been afraid of the differences in the way that I see things. I wouldn't have tried to fit in because I know 
I have connectedness and I have strategic. So sometimes people miss things and I see things from a bigger picture while someone who has focus is focusing on the smaller details, which I miss. Mm-hmm. And so I'm here for the bigger picture. You're here for the smaller details. So between the two of us, we can figure it out. So I think I would have just operated differently because I would have, I would have been confident about why I'm seeing things in a different way instead of feeling self-conscious about it. So I was definitely not operating in my best space. I was probably in my basement all the time while I was there because I just didn't, I didn't understand what my strengths were and how they showed up. And so I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the wherewithal to explain things in a way from a perspective that I knew was valuable. Like, I don't, I don't know that I thought my perspective was valuable. I just, I just knew it was different. And so different meant wrong. And there wasn't anything reinforcing that. And I think that Mm -mm. depending, you know, we're black women at work. And depending on how folks identify at work, they have had experiences that indicate Mm -hmm. whether implicitly or explicitly that what they say or how they move doesn't matter. And so I love the power of strengths and I love the power of understanding these behavioral assessments and, you know, tools, if you will, um, motivators, if you will, depending on how how people really fold them into their work and their, their home life. But they also are really, you know, they, they are skinny dipped to being heavily mm-hmm. chocolate dipped in white normative behavior and dominant culture um, and have been in some ways, depending on the audience, weaponized to keep folks in a box about what they can't be and who they can't be, et cetera. So talk to me about that and how you've seen that kind of unfold and, and been able to help your clients and students and so forth see it a different way. So strength is very white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only black person in the room when I went on that expensive ass training. Like it's just, it's not, it's just really one of, it, it is probably one of the more costly assessments. Um, it's just white people. I don't even know how to say it, right? Yeah. And and that causes as I was a barrier looking at as it, well. Yeah, when I was looking at them, I was like, yeah, it's great to tell a black woman who has command that she should live in her command, but then that makes her threatening to white women, white women, she's a bitch, she's a black man, like, now she's a bitch, right? right because right, that's right, what, right. And it, that's what, now she got an attitude. Now you she know, don't know how to turn it down. Strong strength, right. And now she's going to be penalized for it. So, I work with a lot of brown babies, a lot, and I'm very honest with them. You are a Muslim woman. You are a Muslim man. You are this, like, this is not necessarily accepted. Like this strength and the way it shows up for you is not necessarily accepted in your culture. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? How do you, and so we talk about ways that they can use their strengths effectively and safely, right? Because strengths fall into different domains. And so there are people who have a lot of relationship building strengths that are now seen as more, you know, I guess what are stereotypically considered feminine traits, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But they are in cultures where 
femininity in men is not a thing that's allowed and it's actually unsafe for you. Correct. So how do you have that? If you know, how are you in tune with your feelings while still being masculinely safe at home? And so those are very, 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 very real conversations. You know, if you are a woman of a certain culture and you're super smart and you have all these executing and strategic thinking strengths and you're not a relationship person, now you're cold, right? Now you're calculating. Now there are all these negative words used Mm -hmm. towards you. And that's not the case. These are, you're literally living in your strength. So it's not, it's, it's an assumption. It's a privilege to be able to say, here are my strengths. Take it or leave more. it. <laughs> right. You said it or like, leave it. Not, it's right, like, the, that's it's like not, the take me as I am was actually not meant for me. Just saying, Right, y'all. because you, I can't always let you <laughs> take me as I am. And exactly. take me as I am often comes at different points in your career. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're a recent graduate, you can't roll up in your first job no matter who you are, be like, ah, here I am. Take me as I am. Deal with it. That's not the way at all. It, it, you know, that just, I would be like, well, you can take yourself as you are that other unemployment, <laughs> but it just, you know, so just even being realistic about how they can practice using their strengths in a way that's safe. And that is not taught. And, that's something that comes from that mm-hmm. lived experience from being a practitioner, from being an educator, um, from mm-hmm. being, from having, I don't to... think it's addressed at all. You know, we are starting to do strength from a racial justice perspective. Absolutely. You know, we Absolutely. are doing like, when approach. we're talking with our students, we're having these honest conversations. And there's so you can't necessary. not. It's you almost not. irresponsible. It's it's irresponsible to not do it. Like I'm never gonna let a student go out there and say, "Live in your strength, live in your strength," and then they get home and get whooped. For being right? themselves. Or, Can you imagine? Right. Or they I, go to work the house, or they get fired. Mm-hmm. It's just as an adult that my that my parents are like, oh, well, you know, Kashana, you know, she she knows what she wants. My mother will say, you're very exacting. Mm-hmm. You just you just exact. You know exactly what you want. And I'm thinking to myself, what strength is mine? Is that my competent? No, no. Is that my wait a minute? Um, but it might be my strategic, right? Where I'm like, no, this is the way that this needs to go. Also, here are three other ways we could take it. And and yet we are going to take this road, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm super clear about it. But as a kid, I'm not really sure that would have shown up as something to be celebrated um, in the mm-hmm. way that it is tolerated now. Notice I didn't even say accepted. Um, right. And so that is the environment that even with my team, they got to learn how to use the strengths and how to flex the strengths. And because I'm real good at convincing people to do a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but how I can, so how I have mostly relationship building and strategic thinking strengths. Right. And so I'm clear as to what each person needs from me for me to get the results I need to get from them. And so because relationship building is one of my dominant um, areas, I can flex. So I can flex how my connectedness shows up. Mm-hmm. I can flex how my strategic shows up. My learner and my input are great because I ask 
I'm truly and genuinely interested in people. In people. Like, I really want to know things about people and how they move and what brings them joy. And I want them to be joyful. And so I think people in all, like, areas recognize I want them to be happy. Like, that brings me, like, seeing it work out for people really, really makes me happy. Like, seeing it come together. And so whether it's the president of the college or whether it's a first-year student, I don't care who it is, seeing it come together for you and knowing that I helped bring it, like the connectedness and the strategic in me helped bring that together. So important. Is, like, that brings me joy. And so even, so I know how to flex and get people to that space. Yep, yep, yep. And so I don't approach every situation in the same way, but I approach them with the same strength. And I mean, that that's just, that's sophistication. Folks are going to be like, well, Tamali's a trainer. And by the time folks listen to this, I'm like, I would have gone and gone ahead and, and bit the bullet, Tamali, and become a certified trainer myself. Oh, my Lord. Um, You're so, going to love it. You're going to, your whole mind's going to be blown. I know. But you know, so I told the, I think I've told you this before, but like I first discovered strengths in 2009. Um, I went to okay. a fundraising conference uh, when I used to live in North Carolina and the only non fundraising conference um, session that day was by a professor um, who I think his title was finding your freak within. And I was like, you're like, I don't got to find her. I don't got to find her. Here she go. I'll do my little Janet Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, she, Come on. She's not hidden. She's she, right hey, here. Hey, right here. So I went to this session and I didn't know what to expect. And it was talking about, you know, literally what would life look like if you were able to step forward using your strengths as your guidepost for how you did things. Now, he was a white man. Um, I, he mm-hmm. is. I don't think he's dead. Um, and I was very, I was <laughs> good to know. <laughs> right, good to know. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I was sort of like a mid career professional. And so I had just stepped into, you know, the chief, another, a new chief role as chief development officer at a, na- a national organization in, in uh, North Carolina at that time. And so I was, fi- you know, kind of feeling myself. I was feeling young and stuff, making six figures and stuff, had a baby and a husband, all the things. And it was like, oh, this is a whole new way of thinking. So I came home and mm-hmm. I got obsessed. I started buying all the books he referenced and, and then that led me to Gallup and that led me to so many different things. So then when I moved to California a couple of years later to start um, as head of development marketing communications for another national organization, um, I inherited a team that was amazing. You know, we were young, we were eager, um, we still had a lot of living to do. And we had huge goals that we needed to hit like almost instantaneously. And I remember feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to get any of this done. And what Ooh. do you think I pulled out, Damali? Strengths. Strengths 2.0. What? Had everybody take it, did a whole grid and a map, reorganized the team based on the goals we had to achieve and folks' strengths and their approaches to those problems to get to those goals. Through every job description threw it out the window. I said, until we get to this goal at the end of this year, we just this is how we're going to work. It might feel crazy mm. to other people, but this is how we're going to get it done. I didn't know if that was the right or the wrong way, but you know when you feel frustrated and you're like, look, 
<laughs> We're going to try something 100%. We're going to try something new. Yeah. Exactly. And we blew our goals out the water. And ever since then, no matter what team I lead, I bring Strengths Finder to the table um, as a guiding tool for how we do our work day to day because it just had such transformative um, benefits for each person on that team, for us as a team, for the goals we had to achieve. And I didn't know nothing about nothing then. Um, and yeah. so it made me a believer really, really early on. But I did have to adapt a thing or two. I didn't know what it was called then. Because some things where I was kind of like, nah, it's not going to work for me. Being this young black woman leading this whole white, this young white team, that is not going to work. I got to change some things. Um, but it did give me a really, really good foundation to build from. Um, and I've had a quite a successful run as a, a manager of people. So, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of there there. But that's how I, that's how I fell into it, you know. I was on accident trying and, to find know, my that's freak. That's not an uncommon well, you know. <laughs> girl, she won she won lost. She won lost, so we're not gonna tell all <laughs> your business. Um but that's not uncommon because Gallup being who they are, they've got tons of data on how much more productive and profitable strength based teams are. It's just it's just legitimately a fact. Like the numbers show it. Um one thing I do want to say is you can have the same strength as someone and it shows up completely differently. Mm-hmm. Strengths work with other strengths. Rarely do your strengths work in isolation. So I have input. Input people love, 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 love information. They're like walking Google. If you ask a person with input their favorite fun fact, they got a new one every week. Just random information that they found out. They like to be a resource for others. I have a team member She's our technology person. Her input shows up. She likes to keep things. I'm pretty sure she's got a Mac keyboard from the 1980s in her office, just in case someone needs one. I can't even step foot in her office because she's just got so much stuff. Like, it gives me anxiety. Nuh-uh. My input shows up as, I'm nosy. I want to know all your business. Right. Like, I want to know everything. all your business. When I was interviewing with our former college president, <laughs> I got in his business. I found that he was a college DJ. I was like, "What was your DJ name? Like, tell me like, all tell the me things." All that things. is that is basically after because you know we had worked together already. So the standard interview questions, he was like, "I don't kind of have that." Somebody tell me what happened to you in college. Like, I need to know. Like, I don't ever get to talk to you like one on one. Like, we're just we're just having a conversation, and he told me like all kind of stuff. I was like, "Oh, you're a college DJ." Student government president at the time was like, this man has the career that I want. Like, I just want to get mm-hmm. in a room with him. He had a show on the college radio station. So I put them together and they had a monthly radio show. I love that. And that's part of the good thing is my connectedness and my strategic. Mm-hmm. But the, so I and it literally brought him joy. He was like, I don't want the VP of communications and marketing in there. I don't want anyone else in there. Just me. My chief of staff and the students. Like, that's all I want, the student engineers. The college president has no reason to be, like, in the student center spaces. It was real raggedy. I would walk him a long way to the radio <laughs> station. And he is like, why do the lights look like this? Do they have to lay on this carpet? In? That space has been painted. We have gotten new carpet in, new lights. And so just my strategic was like, I could just take him the direct route, but I need him to see the conditions under which the students are working with and that I've been trying to change and it's not until he saw the things and he was like what is this 
you know, I put me. in a work order a month ago. We're just trying to make it happen. And so that one little, my strategic and my connectedness, my input being nosy, figuring it out and then figuring out how, and he really actually enjoyed it. And the student government president enjoyed it. And they're both like really big public policy people. And half the time, I didn't even know what they were talking about. And they were so into it. It was super cute too. Like I was like, this is probably, there was one day he didn't come to work. The college president did not come to work because he was sick and he snuck into that radio station Nuh-uh. to take that show. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I love it. Because I said, I mentioned something to someone in his office and they were like, but he's not in today. I said, oh, I, I, I just saw him. You were like, like, let me go mind my business. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's the thing that took him back to his college days. And it was so cool to just watch him engage with the students in that way. But that's my input being real nosy. I will be the person. I got a lot of questions. I want to know stuff. And so my input shows up very differently than other people's input. And it's okay. You know, just because when you have input, um, the sibling that I think I'm most like, we have no strengths in common. The sibling I think I'm least like, we have four strengths in common. That is so Like, least like personality-wise, yeah, we have four strengths in common. They just work. They just work and show up differently. I made my entire family take strengths um, one year. Do they think you're weird for doing once that? Again, no, and I don't know that they're even as into it as I am, but I'm like, oh, means a lot and sometimes I'm like let me go back and read this insight report which is the report that is more specific to you it tells you how your strengths kind of operate with each other right how your strengths operate based on the way you answer the question so it gives you a lot more details and I'm like this makes sense my mom was a learner that's why she done had 15 jobs and 20 degrees and you know my dad he thought he was like yeah because we didn't know that and I'm like we did but her thing is like well I'm a learner I'm a learner. I'm like, we know. <laughs> you're like, we, know we know you're a learner. We're aware. Thank <laughs> you. We know. We, so much there's no one here that is shocked by that being your number one. <laughs> but, you know, it kind of, for her, she was like, boom. <laughs> Just who I am. I like, you know, so much. Take it or leave it. And I'm sure as a woman and as a Caribbean woman, as a black woman, she's probably heard, well, why do you, why are you doing this? Why are you going back? Why, you, why, why, why? Because, you know, like I said, she's been back to school. Every time me and my brothers have been in school, so has she. Right. And, you know, that's because that's who she is. And thankfully, she was able to push forward and not stifle that part of her. But knowing that about yourself, like, that's what drives you. That's what gives you joy. That's who you are. You know, it's a different story. And such a good one. Such a good one. Well, I know. Strength is so dope. Listen, when I say it's they're so dope, dope, we could talk about them all day long. I know folks, are, I guarantee you folks are going to be like, I got questions. So we have to bring you back again to be yeah. able to dig in. We might, need, we, might, we might need to put somebody in the hot seat who's done their strengths. Maybe we'll do something oh like that. Oh my God, that would be would that so be dope? You know, you know, every training I've done and every training you see me do, people are like, wait. They're like, hold on. <laughs> are, you a, are you a psychic? They're like, wait they're a like, minute. You're reading, why are you reading our whole lives? And I'm like, it's just, it's not your whole life. It's just, it's who you are. And it's, and who you are is great. Right. Like, I just want, can you imagine if everyone really felt like who they are? Was great. It was great. Like, this is a thin line. Just so you know. Okay. And, and you know, and understanding other people's strengths. Yes. Being like, who I am is great and who you are is great. And this is how we can be great together. Like, you don't got to be like me. You could be the opposite of me. But, but here's how we how make it work you together. You can be great together. 
Yeah, because, you know, I've been locked up with a man who's my opposite for about a good year now. Let me right. tell you something about the Tolson. We in here being great together. And y'all would do We are in here being great together. And, and that's because I know how he rolls. He knows how I roll. And he hasn't taken strength, but he's figured it out. Like, I mean, he hasn't, he doesn't, we haven't done a strength training together, but he knows my strength. And so he's like, yeah, don't matter what, you always going to smile. And I'm like, it's my positivity. Right, right, right. You know? Right, right, right. Always. And it just is who I am. He's like, you are laid out sick. You are grieving your father and you are still smiling. I'm like, yeah, just it's until he's learned to appreciate these things about me. Which I appreciate. You know, he gets it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, boo. Are we going to have a love fest? Because, you know, I laugh at you all the time. I'm like, kiss. Why are you trying to take people to the finish line? You don't even really care that they started the race. You just want them to get dressed for the race. Oh my gosh. You You said to me all the time, you were like, he just let let the people pick out the clothes and just go. If you're like, I'm I'm going to tip out. You're only only interested in the beginning. You're only (laughs) interested in setting people up and giving them the tools to succeed. And then it's up to them. You want them to go fly. I don't know. Fly <laughs> butterfly. Don't tell up my business, yes. Don't tell up my business. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's what you're good at, right? You see this vision for people and you know how to get them started and you know how to give them the tools. So that's what you do. That's what I do. That's what I that's, do. That's your thing. That's, that's what you do. It. That's literally what the Rooted Retreat was about. I see these great things for you guys. I'm going to give you the tools to be great and go fly. Go fly. See you next year. And that's you living in your strength, right? That's you living in your strength. I'm going to keep giving you the tools. I don't need to be all the way on the ride with you because that's not where my strengths live. That's absolutely right. But my strengths are are about setting you up to be successful. To be successful. And it takes, it takes a lot of, of discipline and restraint, right? Because my, the way I tripped up over myself for years was I wanted to ride to the end. And then I was frustrated Mm -hmm. on the ride. Like if you don't buckle, put on the shirt. I told you about the belt buckle. Why did you not do this? I mean, I just kept going on the number of things. Not your jam. Not my jam. I was like, we gotta look at this business structure because this is this ain't your jam. But you know, see, look at how look at how great it's been since you figured out what your jam is. And the day I said that to you, I remember you being like, I don't like it. I was like, I know. (laughs) I'm aware. Why don't you know this? And you're like, but it was just the freedom and even being able to admit to yourself that it's because you have activator. That's why it's not a thing for you because you felt guilty. Right. You know, the relator in you felt guilty. Because the relator in you is right so or guilty. die. Because I'm like, yeah, I want to be with the people. I want to be able to. Yes, I am definitely ride or die. Definitely And you know, sometimes your friends can be in conflict with each other depending on the circumstance. And you just got to figure out which one's driving you more. That And that part is hard. So that means I got to slow down enough back to doing the most, Right. To make sure mm-hmm. that, and, and futuristic, because my mind is already ten steps ahead. Like, okay, um, mm-hmm. so I can see what's the motivation. Mm-hmm. You can see, you can see where we going. Yeah, and you gonna get me, you gonna get me dressed to go there. That's it. You gonna give me a map, That's and then it. you gonna walk away. <laughs> Send me a postcard. Let me know how it like, goes, friends. <laughs> Text me when you get there. Text me when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. pray over you, okay? Talk to you later. Yeah. 
You're so you stop right. giving people a ride to the destination. Oh you my god, I need there. to stop Enjoy giving the people ride. a ride to the destination. Woo! If that is mm-hmm. not it, you need sometimes you need to stop giving folks a ride to the destination. The nope. the, the map you know. is enough. <laughs> At work, in your personal life, <gasps> with your family. Because <gasps> no, usually I'm sure for people who are doing it at work, they're also doing it at home. And whether at home means with your extended family, your friends, you're doing it. You're not, your behavior isn't isolated. Yes. Everywhere you go, there you mm-hmm. are. Crazy. Yep. Because I'm a maximizing crazy input person. If my husband tells me I'm not allowed to book another hotel room because they're only two square feet bigger, a two square feet difference. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like the two square feet matters, but that's a different, listen, that's a different conversation. Too. I'm just like, but, but that's when my input and maximizers in right. the basement. <laughs> I think I, listen, I, like, I, I might've moved my furniture into the basement in the last few months. So I got to get up to the balcony on this one. Oh my goodness. I know he's literally like, step away. Do not look for a coupon code. I, I think I need somebody deal. who's gonna be like, put it down, put it down. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. Put it's it down. Like, stop canceling and rebooking. Do not call customer service one more time. Oh my gosh, I totally will call I customer service. To you see? see, I know, see? but I'm like, that's three dollars. That's a muffin, maybe at the airport. That's, that's a half a muffin airport. at the airport. I'm, I'm really that's some that's someplace else. I know I can get it back. Y'all. And my maximizer input in the basement feel real good about that $3. So what if I spent $200 of my salary time looking for it? I feel real good about that $3. Can't tell me nothing. Can't tell you nothing. Okay? Can't yeah. tell you nothing. Um, listen, we could talk all day and I would love it, but we got to let folks go. So no, we're going to drop go, the go. information about Strength Finder in the chat. Damali, can let us know how we can stay connected to you. Are you on the socials? What? How can we make sure that we are clued in to what you got going on? I am on the social. You just Google Damali smith and you'll find me. There is literally no one, <laughs> no else, one else with that name. That's how I feel. I'm and like, just for just the record, Google. how dope is it that my initials are DST? Plus Ooh, with that. That is a yeah, whole so situation. That's how you people out there remember. It's a D, an S, and a T. Just Google Damali smith and You'll find me on LinkedIn, not on Instagram because my profile is private. And you can figure out ways to connect with me there. So that's it. And, you know, I take clients, but I take them sparingly because you got to be as committed to being great as I am to you being great. And that is not always the case. So I say, you know, the strength work and like any other work on yourself is not easy, but it's worth it and it's fun. I think the process is amazing. Like watching people flourish is just such an amazing thing to see. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Well, thank you, Boo. I'm so glad that you want to talk about it because you know, you know, you don't never can get me to shut up about. No, stuff. I love like, it. People need to know more about it. So I'm glad we got to chop it up today and talk no, about they it. do, they do. I want people out here flourishing. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want people out here flourishing. Listen, Fab Crew, we are going to be back next week for another dope episode. But I want to thank our guest today, Jamali Smith Tolson for hanging out with me in the studio and giving us the skinny on strengths and strength finder and how to get up out the basement. (laughs) And I will be talking to y'all real soon.
On our next episode, I'll be talking to a healer, cultivator, connector, and agitator about the exhausting pursuit of excellence and the privilege of being basic. Make sure you keep it locked for another episode of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Why don't you tell me your three weaknesses? I hate this interview question slash statement. We spend so much time in a deficit economy when it comes to our personal development, y'all. So here's why I think working on your strengths and managing your weaknesses is so important. So I'm creative, but I am a lousy artist. And if I'm applying for a new job and one of the requirements is to be an amazing artist of any kind, even if I buy all the books, take a million Skillshare classes, watch YouTube University, the best I'm going to be is meh. (laughs) But if I am a pretty detail oriented person, and I am. (laughs) When I buy all the books and I take a million Skillshare classes and I watch YouTube University to become better at my craft, friends, I will be a rock star. It's all about where you put your energy when you're trying to shine. Oftentimes we put so much energy into figuring out how to get better at the thing we already suck at. When in the reality is, what would our life look like If we really focus on the things we were good at, awesome at, think we could be awesome at and not spend our life trying to dig out of the hole of the things that we just don't shine in. What would that look like for you? And that's why I love strengths, because it really focuses on the the positive side, not the deficit, um, but really what you're adding to that life of yours, your motivator that gets you going, that shows how you show up.